All right, welcome back, everybody, to Believe in the Wolfpack, brought to you by Believe Network. I am your host, Luke Nichols. We got another great show ahead of you today. Got some football later in the show, but right now we're going to start with the men's basketball team that won big over mid east md eastern pardon me last night 93 to 61 it was a close game for the most part honestly md eastern they were a lower d1 team they you know coming in on the david thompson statue unveiling night and honestly it's one of those games where kind of like in college football where you set up to play a lower D1 school to kind of get your hopes up. But regardless, the pack took care of business. And really, like I said, MD Houston really hung hung in there for the most part. In the second half, early in the second half, they were only down by about 10, 8 points at one point. So they were they were sticking in it. I'll, I'll give them credit. But right around seven minutes left, the pack really just pulled away. And that's the reason that it was a 93-61 to 61 final score. Even more of a major part in in the final score was Jaden Taylor. Jaden Taylor with 21 points and three of five from beyond. A few of his threes, I think it was both two out of the three in the second half where he's on that far side corner. He just gets it wide open in rhythm in a nice flow, pulls up, just drills it. And he's he's kind of not like the not like the curry where he turns around and runs back, but he kind of has that you know, walk forward like, oh, yeah, that's going in. As soon as it left his hand, he see him confidently and just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's good. Walk in to get set on defense and play that full-court press. I thought it was good to see. He had it just going on. The leading point scorer for the pack still and the 21-point performance only going to help him in the end. He's going to be a big piece going forward, just like DJ Burns. DJ Burns, only two points in the first half. Ended with 15 points. He had a ton of offensive rebound, little just touch putbacks. He had a beautiful turnaround jumper. He was falling out of bounds again on kind of that far side, right above the block. If you're where the camera view was, just directly above the block, he had a beautiful little turnaround jumper. It was perfect. He's running back. Oh, it was. It, it, there's not many prettier shots in basketball than the turnaround jumper from the post. I mean, we saw it with Kobe. Dirk had Dirk had arguably the ugliest turnaround jumper but it was money and it, it was it, it was still pretty good it was still you know a nice eye so it was good looking to the eyes it was he had the one leg gone he was fading back it was it was awkward but it works it's a reason he's top 10 all time in scoring i believe actually i do remember a stat about dark Nowitzki that i discovered long ago without free throws if you take free throws out of out of points. You don't count them as points anymore. The leading point scorer of all time in the NBA would be Dirk. You can check out. Now, this was right as LeBron kind of claimed kind of claimed the scoring title. So it, it may change, but this was less than a year ago that I discovered this. Dirk would be the top point scorer of all time if free throws did not count as points. It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. But back to DJ Burns. DJ Burns, as the center, as he's listed as a forward, yeah, but he's he's, he's a center. The way that you can kind of run the offense through him and not even, like, you know, set him up as a point center. You just have him controlling the ball on the perimeter, around the three, kind of in the mid-range, even on the low post, and he just stands there, and he's patient. And he scans the floor. He's scanning, scanning, kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. And then if they're running an action and there's nothing there, he can easily get a bucket himself. No doubt in my mind he can get a bucket himself. But 
even then, he just makes the easy passes where it's like, all right, boom, let me just a little chest pass. I think last night he had a great chest pass to the opposite side wing that set up a three. And it, it just simple stuff like that that you don't see centers really – you see more and more centers doing it today. A few in the college game. You have Jokic, of course, who's pretty much a point guard. And Bede's starting to do it a bit more. Bam Adebayo can do it. Carl uh, Anthony Towns at some point. It, but for the most part, having that – as, as, as a tool in the college game is so useful and almost underrated to a point where you can trust your big man with the ball. Even if he has to put it on the floor, you trust him that he's going to make a smart decision and he's almost always making the correct decision. I get it. It was only one game, a 30 point blowout win, but still it, we're going to be seeing this for the rest of the year, whether it's against the lower D one teams, whether it's against North Carolina down the line, it was just good to see. And it's very nice that we can, rely on Burns just to, you know, just be smart with it. And it doesn't even seem like it's kind of like he's forcing it. It's just natural to him. It's like, all right, let me just control, control, control. All right, nothing, boom, little drop step, nice touch of the rim. And that as well. All the centers in college and NBA and every level, even guards and forwards that have just the worst touch around the rim and it's not you know one of those things that it's like oh he's got a great three-point shot he's got you know a great floater or or a mid-range jumper a nice soft touch around the rim to you know kiss it off the glass and lay it right up over over top of the rim is not underrated to a sense but it's just 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 when you have it 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 just seems so much more valuable and burns has that as a big man that is very useful I can picture watching Sixers games a few years ago where Tyrese Maxey is just laying these beautiful layups, these circus layups all over the place. Then you got Ben Simmons, and not to kick a guy while he's been down, really, but you want to talk about a guy that had a poor touch around the rim. I mean, man, he just – some of them weren't even close. And I'm like, ah, it was – (laughs) anyway, it was good to see Burns and Taylor really kind of just – click last night and really get into their own respective rhythms and flows and just 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 work with each other and score and not put the team on the on their back but just kind of you know show up as most what, what seems like most likely the main options as we get later on into the year but possibly another top option top three option made his debut last night former five-star recruit MJ Rice. So MJ Rice, I have it right here, originally committed to Kansas, was on NC State's radar coming out of high school, but originally committed to Kansas and enrolled there in 2022. Didn't play much last year, got in a few games, had to sit out a lot because of back spasms last year. So kind of thought, and really never found himself in that Kansas offense, it seemed. Just, you can't do anything about back spasms honestly what everybody says if you could take injuries out of the game you wouldn't heartbeat I mean that's obvious but honestly lucky to have him here now he debuted he had 11 points in 10 minutes in his debut off the bench 11 points in 10 minutes and he had that one oh he had the, the final point that just dunk at the end where you're just running in transition on the fast break and it looked like he was a bit off balance somewhat and then he just still flies up and finishes it with the right hand that was 
beautiful. <laughs> to send one home like that while you're off balance, kind of flying through the air, that's some real athleticism right there. That's impressive stuff. Again, I know, later in the game. And I thought I thought it was good. I thought this was a great game for MJ Royce's debut with the pack. Again, a lower D1 opponent. You can get him in. You can bring him off the bench. You, you get him some time towards the end, just like Kevin Keats did. And then just kind of let him be him. Give him the ball. Let him score. Let him find that touch. Let him gain his confidence. You can warm up. You can shoot around in an empty gym as much as you want. It's not going to be the same as live in-action play. Live, you know, you got the momentum. You got the juices flowing. You got everything going. And it's not going to be the same. You have to make shots in the game to regain that confidence. When guys are in shooting slumps and it goes from game to game to game to game, often you think like, oh, is he just not putting the work in? What is he doing on his off days? It's so much different. It's one thing. Anybody in D1 can sit in an empty gym and hit three after three after three after half-court shot after three. There's a reason that guys come into games and it's like, ooh, what happened? It's an entirely different beast. It is entirely different. We're talking about the top 2%, top 3% of basketball players in the world playing in Division One, It's completely different in the game. But it was great to see MJ Rice out there. He's six foot five, 215. He's pretty much a shooting guard, small forward type role. And a former five-star. I mean, that's just great to have. It was great to see him out there. And it, I am interested to see, coming off the bench, it, as the year goes on, if he stays there or if we kind of – if he finds a role in the starting lineup, maybe, you know, move some guys around. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out as the season goes on. I don't want to look too much in to just this one game. But regardless, it's nice to get a win, another win under the belt and to the record. So the next game coming up will be against UT Martin. And then after that, after that game, that is on 12-12. And then the 16th, December 16th, NC State takes on... Tennessee, University of Tennessee Volunteers in San Antonio, a part of, a part of the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame series. They just had some games in Vegas. I guess the San Antonio games are coming up next. That's going to be a huge game. That's going to be a great – Tennessee started off seventh in, in the preseason rankings, and they have three losses. They're five and three, but you may think, oh, how'd they get three losses already? The season just started – they lost to Purdue 71 to 67, Kansas 69 to 60, and then UNC 100 to 92. That's three current top 10 teams in the country. That's I mean that's a <laughs> that's a gauntlet at the start of your schedule. So this is a very good Tennessee team that I think is just kind of these early games, even losing these early games may help them in the long run cuz what college team is going to go undefeated? Is anybody going to go undefeated ever again? I, I don't think so. It's near impossible. I mean, even just look at the Final Four teams last year. It doesn't even matter if you go undefeated. It just matters once you get to March. So I think those three games are really going to help uh, Tennessee down the stretch. And I'm very interested and very excited to see how NC State can match up with them. If they can pull out a win, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good time here. But it's just, I'm looking forward to that game. They do have Dalton Netched, I believe, is how you pronounce it, with, who is averaging 19 points per game already for the Volunteers. So 
hoping that, you know, we have some kind of game plan drawn up to slow him down or just to <laughs> make his night tough because he hurts you, then the rest of the team's going to start hurting you and trickle-down effect. But regardless, that's going to be a great game no matter what happens. I'm just very excited for that, and it's going to be the first – I would say the first legitimate test for NC State. You already had the Boston College game. That was an in-conference game. Lost to Ole Miss, a part of that ACC-SEC kind of matchups going around, going around that day. But playing Tennessee, again, a top 25 team, preseason top 10 team. They're 17 right now. By the time next week when the game is, they may jump up. Maybe they jump down. I think – I don't think they've lost this week, so – but most likely jump up a spot or two. So just play it safe. They'll be 15, between 15 and 17, 15 and 18. Maybe they lose 15 and 18 by the time the pack get to them. That's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> Especially at a, at a neutral site too. For a second, I kind of forgot that it was at a neutral site. I'm thinking like, ooh, this one's home. All right, cool. But then it was, ah, wait, I forgot. It just, it's adverse on the, on the schedule. And I'm thinking, oh, wait, nah, nah neutral site but back to the game last night the david thompson statue unveiling last night david thompson of course hall of famer let's just let's just go over his accolades now i don't i don't want to sell him short david thompson seven-year career hall of fame nba player a five-time all-star two-time all nba 1975-76 all aba team 75-76 All-Rookie Team, two-time All-Star MVP, the 1976 Rookie of the Year, and the ABA All-Time Team. He made the ABA All-Time Team. He played in the ABA for one year. One year. He was originally drafted by the Virginia Squires and then traded to, to the Denver Nuggets, who were only in the ABA for one year before they merged with the NBA, the Virginia Squires, also uh, Julius Irving's former ABA team before he went to the Brooklyn Nets and then the 76ers, of course. But David Thompson, absolutely unbelievable. And if you thought the NBA numbers were good, the college number, the college accolades and numbers are even better. Obviously, champion, NCAA all-tourney team, all-region team, the tourney's most valuable player, two-time AP Player of the Year, Naismith Award, three-time All-ACC, three-time ACC Player of the Year, three-time All-ACC Tourney Player. He was the ACC player three years in a row. He played three years at NC State. And the numbers are just eight. He played his sophomore, junior, and senior year. He played 27 games his sophomore year, 31 his junior year and 28 his senior year. His junior year, or his sophomore year, averaged 24.7 points per game, eight rebounds on 56% field goal percentage. Junior year, 26 points per game, 7.9 rebounds a game. Someone's got to give him that one more rebound. Just bump it up. Why not? It would look much cleaner. On 54% from the field. And then his senior year, 29.9 points per game. He was that close to 30. That close to 30. 8.2 rebounds and 54% from the field. Unbelievable. Was the first pick in the ABA and the NBA draft. <laughs> that's, that's up there with the with the Kareems, with the Elvin Hayes. ABA and NBA first overall pick. Obviously played most of his career with the Nuggets. And then I think he had the one year with the... 
with the super yeah with the supersonics which side note bring back the supersonics i love the in-season tournament that we're going that's going on right now but i i get it they want to move a team to vegas and whatnot but come on get one back in seattle what are we doing we it's just so easy. They love basketball out there. The WNBA team, I think it's the Storm. They're doing incredible. They, they get fans every night. Just get another NBA team out there. What are we doing? Different rant for a different time. Regardless, point stands, David Thompson, just absolute legends in for NC State and the NBA. Obviously, Hall of Famer, no matter where you put him. ABA, I can't believe he made the, the ABA. I was looking at that again. ABA, all-time ABA team. Played there for a year. One year you played there. <laughs> Talk about leaving an impact. That's that's incredible. So the statue looks great as well. It's just the classic look right outside the stadium. It looks great. They did a great job on it. Credit to whoever designed it and really just, you know, it, it, it was it, it was due. It was time, the right move. It's, it's and a great time to do it after a big win. So... That's just about it for basketball right now. Going to take a short break. When we come back, got a lot of football stuff, a lot of awards being handed out, some more transfers coming in, going and whatnot. Even in the, even then, I forgot Monday to talk about the college football playoff. I got to get into why Florida State just still feel bad for them. Still feel bad. So I'm going to take a short break. Be right back with some football. All right, welcome back in. Going to get into some more kind of pack football talk. Peyton Wilson, for the most part, uh, and, and just, you know, some more transfers and whatnot going around. So just to start off, though, scrolling Twitter today, still looking up stuff about the bowl game coming up, the Pop-Tarts Bowl coming up. I saw Mike Golick. He got a little care package from uh, from his friends at, at, at Pop-Tart. Guys. Did a whole top five. Did a whole top five. I've been a supporter for years. Send some my way. Come on. I mean, I'm going to buy them regardless, but you might as well help some, Help me out. Help me out here. Save me some money. But outside of the facts, I don't know if they want to. Regardless, Peyton Wilson is just racking up awards and, and All-American teams at, at the point. I had to write them all down because there's no way I could remember all these. So just last night, probably the biggest award, too, he won the DIT. Dick Buckus Award, which is given out to the best linebacker in college football. Let me read you off some of the names that he is joining that have won the Dick Buckus Award. Brian Bosworth, Derek Thomas, Dan Morgan, Derek Johnson, Paul Puzlozny, Patrick Willis, Rolando McClain, Vaughn Miller, Luke Keekley, Manti Teo, C.J. Mosley, Ruben Foster, incredible at Alabama. Can't forget about that. Roquan Smith, Devin White, Isaiah Simmons, who's Isaiah Simmons, I think, is a. I think he's still a linebacker, but he's kind of a, you know, untrue, untraditional, strong safety linebacker hybrid type almost. But outside of that, Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa won it. Nakobe Dean won it. Jack Campbell, first round pick last year, and Peyton Wilson this year. Peyton Wilson right now is being, I think, projected as a fourth round pick in the NFL draft. I mean, after all these awards and the Dick Buckus Award, that's going to go up by at least a round. I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of a second day. I mean, second day, second or third round guy. And we've seen players just absolutely crush the combine. He 
could very well be one of those that just goes in and every scout is like, why don't we have more on him? I have no idea. Why don't I, we got to get next thing you know, boom, he's late first round, maybe mid first round. We've seen it before. I mean, obviously we've seen guys drop in the draft. So why can't he fly up to the first round? I think it's possible. I think it should happen. But back to more awards. These are all first team All-Americans, all first team All-American teams, just first team, not second, not third, not honorable mention, first team, the first team, Sports Illustrated, USA Today, The Athletic, CBS, and the College Football Network. That's all first team All-American. That's five. That's five first team All-American. And we still have, you know, more awards and, 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 and more All-American teams to announce. He can get more. It's ridiculous. Also, if you didn't see the video of him winning the Dick Buck- Dick Buckus Award, it's on the Pack Football Instagram page is where I saw it. And they're kind of all lining up at center court. And he gets completely blindsided and surprised with him winning the award. And, you know, I think his parents were walking out. And even afterward, he's kind of doing a press conference. And he's like, honestly... I just thought, like, it was all the captains there for the football team. I thought they were doing something about the ball game coming up. So, I I just, you know, I wasn't expecting it at all. So, I thought that was really cool. They had Dick Buckus' son there to hand out the award. Obviously, Dick Buck is passing away, I think, about a month or two ago at this point. So, it means a little more this year, at least I would imagine. Um, Regardless, great to see him get that and just great to, you know, get some recognition and earn the hardware, all his hard work. I'm, I'm very excited to see him just one more time <laughs> in, in, in the Pop-Tart Bowl game, but even more excited to follow his NFL career. It's going to be a true treat. But not going to leave out KC Concepcion, athletic freshman, or the athletic freshman All-American first team. A lot of words in there, but freshman specifically All-American team. That's impressive. That's just going to set you up for it an incredible career with the Wolfpack along the way. Speaking of incredible careers with the Wolfpack, they actually just flipped a four-star outside linebacker. Elijah Groves originally committed to Kentucky and then decommitted. He committed to Kentucky July 1st, 2023, and just kind of flipped and committed to NC State, I believe just today or yesterday, sometime this week. So, that's going to be great. That's up to four four stars that NC State has either through the through the transfer. I think actually no, that's just in this upcoming twenty twenty four class. So I that's <laughs> going to be putting together a very good recruiting class, not just in the ACC but in 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 the country overall. And yeah, Colorado did just get the top offensive tackle in the country. It's 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 Dion. He's gonna get he's gonna get somebody. And yeah, he actually did have a lot of kind of guys transfer away, either or either transfer out, decommit, or whatnot. So getting the top offensive tackle, which is something that Colorado was lacking this past year. They had Shador, who could throw the ball very well. Obviously, Travis Hunter playing both sides, but run game wasn't there so much. Even the time in the pocket for Shador really wasn't there. The Colorado State game was probably I think it was the most hyped up Colorado game, probably the most hyped up college football game of the year. Everybody was watching it and Shador had no time in the pocket. It felt like he was getting not even blitzed, just 
four-man rush was getting to him in a second. So it, it, it's going to be fun. I'm a Dion fan. I, I like you know the confidence and Dion as as a coach, as a person. So it, it's going to be good to kind of see. And he's still very early in his college football coaching career. It's going to be very exciting to see kind of. Let's be real. He's going to get a job somewhere higher up than Colorado in the near future. So I'm just going to enjoy him being at Colorado and and just seeing how far he can really get them. Now that they'll also be in the Big 12, which is going to be a challenge. Yeah, Texas is leaving, but it's still going to be a challenge because you do have more teams joining and already the great Big 12 teams that are in that conference. So... All right, Florida State, I meant to mention it in the first show, but we're going to go over it now. I get it. You lose Jordan Travis. You lose your starting quarterback. You don't look great against Louisville at all. They won every game. They won the ACC. I mean, as much as I would say, hey, you know, who finished in the top 25 – you know, NC State, you can just throw an ACC team. But they were undefeated. Won every game. Didn't lose a game. I don't care if they were close. Alabama had a close game against another much lower D1 school earlier in the year, and they lost to Texas. Texas made it, yes, which was also deserved. I think Texas should have made it over Alabama. I think it should have been – well, I think the top two are right. Michigan, yes. Then Washington, yes. Texas, three, yes. Maybe put them – I think they should have been four, and Florida State should have been three in my mind. Because, again, you you won every game. Why play the games? I get it. They didn't look that great, but they still had good wins, and they still – they're undefeated. And now they have to play Georgia? So here's what's going to happen. Florida State and Florida State fans already mad about this. Already, you know, this is ridiculous. This is a joke. We won every game. We should be in it, which they're right. But if they go in, to the Orange Bowl, and they beat Georgia, who also had a case to be in it, because they're like, hey, we won last year, we're undefeated last year, our only losses to Alabama, who's a top 10 team, they had a case to be in it, but I think Florida State's case obviously is much better, and I'm fine with Alabama being in it because they've been playing good ball. I mean, maybe if Auburn rushes more than two guys, maybe we're not having this conversation, but that's all, that's something else. But if Florida State goes in, and they beat Georgia. I don't care who sits out for Georgia. If Brock Bowers sits out, if half their defense sits out because it's just a ball game, doesn't really mean much. I, I, it doesn't matter. If Florida State beats Georgia, we're going to be hearing that Florida State is the true national champion being thrown around just like UCF a few years ago. And this is going to be much harder. <laughs> to, this one's going to be much harder to be like, hey, no way, not at all. You're not the champion. You didn't play. Blah, 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 blah. They're undefeated, and they should have been in the college football playoff, and they beat Georgia, who is still arguably the best team in the country. Listen, if I meet a Florida State fan and he's like, hey, we were the champions in 2023-2024, I'm not going to tell him no. I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to debate with him. Oh, it actually was, honestly, my pick, it might be Alabama to win it just because it's Alabama and Nick Saban and Harbaugh can't win the big game. And honestly, I would like to see Washington win it just as like one last hurrah again for the Pac-12. So maybe they're going to be my pick. We'll get to college, college football playoff later when we really get close to it. But hey, it, if Florida State beats Georgia, that committee, that college football playoff committee is going <laughs> to... 
They're going to have a lot of explaining to do. But just to finish off NC State football, Peyton Wilson, Casey Concepcion, so far the main two getting some award and accolade love this year. I imagine Peyton Wilson is going to get a few more first-team All-Americans and some more second, third teams here and there, some more awards. Who knows? So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the rest of this week and also next week. So just wrapping up the show here, want to end on – Something about Jimmy V being Jimmy V Cancer Research Week. If you can't donate, just at least, you know, read about Jimmy V. Just educate yourself if you don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Jimmy V. Come on. So just, you know, read about it. Read about the, the, the research that has been done, the foundation and all. But on this day, December 7th, 1983, Jimmy V's Wolfpack team beat Western Carolina 82 to 61. 40 years ago today, NC State beat Western Carolina 82 to 61, improving their record to 6 and 1 on the year, and they were 8th in the country at the time. This was coming off a Virginia Tech loss as was it Virginia? Yeah, it was Virginia Tech. So coming off a Virginia Tech loss as well. Rest of the season, I'm pretty sure that was an NIT year for NC State. So you know, then goes the way you planned it. But 40 years ago today, pretty cool to see. Some notable names on that team was Spud Webb, of course, <laughs> one of the shortest players ever, if not the shortest. The only one who kind of comes close to Spud Webb is Nate Robinson from a few years ago, also NBA uh, dunk champion. And then Lorenzo Charles and Cazelle McQueen. So pretty cool 40 years ago today, Jimmy V getting a win over uh, Western Carolina with Spud Webb on the team. And one last bit about David Thompson and the ABA. The ABA invented the dunk contest. Julius Irving was the, the, the first winner of the dunk contest. He's the, That's when he did that kind of first dunk from the free throw line. And everyone's kind of looking around like he's not. You see him run back and they're thinking he's not going to. He's not going to. Is he going to do it? And they see him kind of, oh, and you get all excited. So, yeah, ABA, inventors of the dunk contest. We can thank the ABA and that red, white, and blue ball for that, the NBA dunk contest that we all know and love every other year now. So, I'll conclude the second episode of Believe in the Wolfpack. Thank you for listening in, and I'll see you next time.